This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ plus communities. This is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities. Coming to you from Joy's Victorian Pride Centre studios on Boonwurrung Country, I'm your host, Jack Ranjan, and joined in studio this week... Mike Hal Hawk, hello, hello. Oh, wow, like special voice. My voice just goes places. If my brain <laughs> is kind of like lagging behind. <laughs> on a journey. <laughs> How are you going? Uh, well, maybe arguably, a bit taken aback. <laughs> worse after that one. I don't know, one. I don't know. We'll see how we go. <laughs> well, look, we are almost through all of the Pride events. We are almost through all of the Pride events. We just got that through Chill Out. Bendigo Pride is coming up. Yes. If you are going to Bendigo Pride, keep an eye out for Thorn Harbor Country. They mm. will be there, and we are, in fact, hosting the upcoming dog show. Very exciting. Um, but we are also just over the hump in March, which is, in fact, Bi Health Month. Bisexuality Health Awareness Month. Yes. It is a bit so of a mouthful. Is, we're not just talking about the health. We just need to be aware. We just need to be aware that they have health. health. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think we can do one better and like let's just explore. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be speaking with uh, the producers, the people, the podcasters behind By the By. Yeah. Uh, Bradford and Angela, who are also involved with our, uh, well, not exclusively Thorn Harbors, but the Prick Pause Play uh, monkeypox vaccination campaign. Yeah, through Emanate. Yeah, they were actually right. part of that. Um, so we're going to be speaking with them in just a moment about uh, sort of their podcast. They also speak quite openly about uh, being part of the swingers community, which is a, a okay. little bit of, yeah, something that maybe hey. doesn't come, you know, immediately to mind. Um, being a good ally to our BiPlus community as well, because there's plenty of talk out there about bi erasure and bi invisibility. But then, I mean, I kind of want to hear the answer to the question, how do we do better to try and address that as as part of the community? 100. Uh, right? 100. And that's something that I think, uh, you know, when we talk about when we're producing Well, 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 is we hear this all the times about our communities, about where things fall shy. Yep. But what is the way forward? And yeah. I'm hoping that we get into that in this episode. That's all coming up. So stick around. You're getting Well, Well, Well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. You are on Well, Well, Well with Jack and Cal in the studio. And we're joined now by the By the By team. How many buys in that sentence? Uh, Bradford and Angela um, coming to uh, us from their studio in Sydney. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Uh, for people who haven't listened to By the By, uh, I guess give us a, a rundown. What is the show and, and what do you discuss? So we, uh, we are the perfect center of the Venn diagram that is bisexuality, uh, swinging and, and ethical non-monogamy and kink. So we sort of dive into all of those right there in that dot in the center. Right. That is a very specific, a very specific dot <laughs> along the way. Uh, you know, this episode we are looking at by health. And I guess I just want to ask as well, do you explore the diversity of bi plus experiences being a bi man versus a bi woman? Yeah, we do. We often talk about our experiences ourselves, and then we sometimes have others on who will talk about their experiences because they are quite diverse. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's important to us, uh, you know, being bisexual humans, to kind of make sure that people know that their experiences, we often feel like, you know, we're the only ones feeling this way. And part of our goal is to educate people and let them know, no, you're not alone. 
I guess before we get into the weeds of, of by the by, um, we've recently wrapped up Sydney Wild Pride and I saw that you've been posting a little bit of uh, what you've been getting up to. What were some of your highlights of Wild Pride? So I would say the two biggest highlights for me, one was the theater shows that we saw. Yes. Uh, it was called All the Sex I've Ever Had. It was amazing. It was so good. And I feel like it fit perfectly with World Pride. And then the second one for me was the March Across the Bridge, the Pride March on the last day. That was such a magical experience to be out there with everybody walking across the Sydney Harbor Bridge. And it was just this calm, relaxing, very peaceful time. And it was almost reflective thinking back to what Pride, this Pride had meant to us, but then also just Pride in general. And it was just such a fantastic experience within the community that I'd say for me, that was by far the highlight. I 100% agree on both of those. Maybe with an honorable mention of, we actually watched the parade this year in a theater with a group uh, called Biconic. And it's run by this uh, brilliant, brilliant person named Bree. And it was just this awesome space to be in with a bunch of bisexual queers in a theater and beginning to see the parade. Amazing. Now, I do want to ask as well, because listeners are used to my American voice on here, but uh, it sounds like we're dealing with two Americans as well who are based in Australia. (laughs) Do you want to say where you're from? You bet. Uh, I was born in Kentucky. So uh, fried chicken, horse racing and baseball. Yep. And I uh, moved around a fair bit, but most recently it was North Carolina. So. Okay, Definitely so we're both. We've got the South covered. Yeah, and I was going to say Australian citizens, so we have the paperwork to to prove that we are officially Australians. <laughs> but you're but you're both south of the Mason Dixon line, and I want to, <laughs> I guess, kind of maybe go back to before we get to the origin of by the by. I want to ask about your origin and around coming out as by the South. You know, I think even Australians kind of know the South doesn't necessarily have the most LGBTIQ friendly reputation. Um, how did that factor? Is that a reality? Is that, you know, a stereotype? What do you think? Oh, it's it's definitely a reality. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, being a female, it was definitely easier uh, because in all facets of society, it's a bit more expected that women will be bisexual or at least act in bisexual ways at times. So it was a little bit easier, but I'm also, I think, just personality and who I am. I don't really care what other people think. And so I just kind of have always been me and I've just done what I do. And if people like it, then great. And if not, then that doesn't bother me. Um, But that doesn't mean that I didn't censor myself in some situations. You just have to sometimes. Right. But I will say that it was definitely easier for me than it would have been for Bradford. Yeah, it it sucked, to be honest, (laughs) for lack of a better word. Uh, I was at least very fortunate to when I did come out. I was surrounded by friends that were very open, very accepting, and very supportive. Uh, so not everybody in the South is bad, right? Uh, it's just like, the the bad ones get a really bad reputation because they scream the loudest. But yeah, it was it was very hard because even from family, not understanding, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about bi erasure and bi invisibility later on, but not understanding what bisexuality actually means. It was with, tough. With that in mind, knowing from your background, how did by the by come about? Where did what's its origin story? So that's a good that's a good <laughs> question. Uh, how long do you have? Uh, so we started by the by how many years ago now? Uh, Six, December seven? 2015. 
So, so. 2015, oh my gosh. So we yeah. started by the by, we were invited by friends of ours who ran a podcast to come on because they had had some emails. It was, it was a sexual health and uh, swinging podcast. And they had had some people email saying they were bisexual and they really didn't know how to answer these, these fellows' questions. So Angela and I have been out and open since from the very beginning. And we sat down with them, did the podcast, and then realized that we had a voice that hadn't that really, there wasn't a lot of airtime for a, a bisexual couple who were ethically non-monogamous. So we were like, it's important. I, 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 I kind of jump around and I apologize, but it's important to be a lighthouse, right? So there's a thick fog out there. And for bisexual men specifically, there wasn't a lot of information, a lot of good information. So we were like, we are in a position where we can, where we can be ourselves, be authentic and be that lighthouse for people who, you know, might be in some sort of, they need information for one reason or whatever. So yeah, we started the podcast and admittedly in the beginning, we didn't really take it that seriously because we thought, no, but who's going to listen to this? Nobody's going <laughs> to listen to us. We don't, we don't matter. And I think about 30 some odd episodes in, we were like, we were getting questions and we were like, holy cow, like this is, people are listening to us. So from then on, it was, it was game on, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of what really helped was that people needed to see themselves in something. And so being able to be visible to folks and to say that, that this is okay, it's normal that other people exist like you. I think that's what really, really helped us in the beginning. We got feedback from people about that and it was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, everybody needs something to look towards, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to say too, before we moved to Australia, I don't think I had ever met a man who was like, I'm bisexual. Oh, and, right. You know, you hear gay men, sure, straight men, sure, but there wasn't a lot of bisexual men. And, you know, like, it was one of those things that it took me a long time kind of inwardly searching, like, am I really bisexual? And then I figured out what I liked and what I enjoyed. And I was like, oh, yeah, def yep, I'm definitely bisexual. So I think that was part of the thing. And, and like Angela said, there are people out there who need to know that they're not alone. And that was the big thing about doing the podcast. You were talking about that sort of lack of uh, information out there around um, bisexuality and swinging in, in that instance, but bisexuality, I guess, more broadly. Do you feel like, I imagine by the by has somewhat changed this as well, but do you feel like there has been a shift in um, podcasting and blogging and vlogging and, and people telling their stories and sharing their experiences that makes it a lot less scary for people to kind of come to terms with that nowadays? Absolutely. I think the visibility has definitely improved a lot over the years. I know that when I was trying to figure things out, I didn't really know that bisexuality was a thing, that it was an option. And, you know, you're either you're gay or you're straight. And so the fact that I would have tendencies, you know, with people of the same gender, it was very much of a, oh, this is just a thing that happens sometimes. I didn't know that it was actually part of me and that it could be part of me and that it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just straight, but I do these things sometimes. Or, you know, it, it, was, it was presented to me as very black and white, but actually there's a lot of gray in between. And I think we see that gray a lot more now than we used to. And I think that comes in all different varieties of media, but definitely the rise of social media, of podcasts, of blogs, blogs, all of that has really, really helped to just 
expose people to say that, hey, there's there's other options out there. There's other opportunities. Yeah. Well, it is March is bisexuality or bisexual health awareness month and well, well, well really delves into health and well-being issues. So what are some of the health or well-being issues that you've seen impact the BiPlus community that you think people should be aware of or maybe that you've talked about on the show? So I can tell you from my own personal experience of being bisexual and not being out, uh, there was, you know, instances of self-harm and intent for self-harm. And without diving too deeply into that, um, which I'm happy to talk about because I think it's important that we talk about it, but this may not be the, the, the place or the space for it. But, you know, self-harm is, for the, for, especially for uh, male-bodied uh, bisexual people, self-harm is, is a huge risk. Um, it's something that it, it's well-known and well-documented. It's, it's true for all bisexual humans, but... For, for men specifically, it is uh, a much greater problem. Uh, adding to that things like um, substance abuse. Substance abuse tends to be much more likely in bisexual people rather than gay or straight. And then again, if you add in gender along with that, it's, it's worse for, for men. And then you add in minorities to that and it gets even worse. Exactly. Um, I would say mental health is a big one. Uh, depression, anxiety, a lot of yeah, mental health is a big, big thing, I would say. What do you think, I, I suppose, contributes to that, uh, that, that higher impact or higher rate of impact uh, on the BiPlus community? I mean, I, I feel like we speak often uh, about sort of bi-erasure and bi-invisibility, the, the topics that um, you speak about often enough on, on By the Bi as well. Do you feel like that is, is a big part of, what, uh, of how that affects the BiPlus community? Are there other factors you think that make it harder? So yeah, I, I'll I'm gonna jump in here and attack this one with a with a bat. Uh, <laughs> look, the bi invisibility and bi erasure are, are are a huge part of it. So you look at the with things like bi erasure, where somebody's that's the I, uh, one concept of that is people saying that your sexuality is not valid, does not exist, or isn't real. So if you take that and apply it to other things you know, your relationship then isn't real, isn't valid, or, you know, it, it starts to really affect you. And when you don't see yourself represented anywhere in a positive light, which is by invisibility, that's, that's another thing that adds to that mental trauma on a daily basis. If you go around and you are either being told, oh, well, you're, you're just, you haven't decided yet. Someday you'll be gay or someday you'll decide you're straight. Or if you don't see a representation of yourself, then that's something that really, that it's hard. And we talk about representation. Representation is getting a lot more uh, media time now than it did, especially 20 years ago, but even 10 years ago, it's changed. And that's much better for people. It's, it, we need to see people who are like ourselves in order to feel like, we're valid and we're not you know, weird or freaks of nature or, or that there's not something wrong with us. And also part of that visibility is a sense of community because everybody wants to feel like they belong. And so some of, you know, I think a lot of the mental health issues and things like that come from people not feeling like they belong anywhere. They don't have a tribe. They don't have people to support themselves. And so whether that's 
a local community, whether that's the further afield, whether it's online, everybody needs somewhere that they feel like they can belong and that there's people that can listen to them and, and where they can be themselves. And so I think because bisexual individuals often aren't as accepted by the gay community, by the straight community, and, and there's a lot to unpack there, but because of that not full acceptance in either it often leaves them kind of wanting and like, where do I fit? Where, where is my community? Where's my tribe? And so I think a lot of it does stem from that just lack of feeling like they belong. Bradford and Angela, uh, I think I mentioned to you before the show got started today that I, uh, for this episode, we also talked to Robin Oaks based, based out of the U S and one of the things that Robin talked about was around that dynamic where, um, for a bi plus couple like yourselves, where you're in an opposite, opposite gender relationship, the visibility of your queerness doesn't it's not apparent and is that in your experience has that been something difficult to juggle or navigate I feel like I'm taking all the questions (laughs) (laughs) we can see them like shooting looks at each other for for listeners (laughs) they're like who wants to dive in first (laughs) because we're gonna go (laughs) we we always we always both have something to say I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there right now and it's it's usually me that pushes her is like, no, 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 I want to tell my story. Uh, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to. I'll jump in, don't worry. <laughs> um, I'm going to give an example that was, I think it was 2018. It was fair day here in Sydney uh, during Mardi Gras season. And Angela and I are walking into fair day behind a couple of uh, young ladies. And the, one of the, one of the girls turns around and looks at both of us and then says to her friend, you know, the problem with fair day is all the straight people who come to it. And like right there, that, that hurts. Right. I still think about that. And like, man, that sucks. And it is, it's one of those moments where somebody, we, we need to remember not to look at people and make judgments about a life based off of a snapshot that we see. Right. It's, it's the equivalent of, of judging an entire film by a, a single image. And that's, that's not accurate. So, yeah, it's, um, things like that really are, are bad. And so what, what I find that I do is I'm, like, I, am, I tend to be ultra queer, right? Like, especially during fair day, I'm wearing the bright colors. I'm wearing the little uh, fox ears. I'm wearing, I, I wear makeup. I'll paint my nails. And it, like, part of that is, yeah, I actually really, that's who I am. And part of it is, hey, look at me right? Mm. I, I belong and I'm not here trying to like, we're just as valid as you are. Is that exhausting? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it I is. Say that, yeah. and, and I will say that if we are going out somewhere, particularly to an event or a party or something like that within the community, it can be, if it's amongst our friends and, and people that we know really well, that's fine. We just, you know, we go and we, Sometimes we are more dressed up and a bit more like visibly out there than other times. But if we're going into a space that we haven't been before or around people we don't know as well, we may make that extra effort to really kind of try to show physically that, hey, we're not just your average straight couple. Um, and I, part of me is like, I don't feel like we should have to, but we do kind of have to. Right. And so it but it does it just requires that extra thought as to what environment are we going into and how do we want to present ourselves? Yeah. And I'm not saying we're being inauthentic. We're definitely being our authentic yeah. selves, but like, even as to what Angela just said, there's times that you go to a space and you're like, cool, like, 
straight privilege, right? <laughs> we're going to go in and we're going to, we're going to tone it down. And it's, I absolutely hate it. I, I don't understand why I have to be a different person on a Friday night than I am on a Monday morning. And I, I, I mean, I guess I'm not, I'm very naive. I'm a, a optimist. I'm always hopeful. And so I have that wish of someday, you know, we'll be able to, you know, I'll be able to go to work and, and be my 100% authentic self, the same person I am on a Saturday as I am on a Tuesday. You were talking about bi visibility. And one of the things that I've wanted to ask you about is, is you made a cameo in the Emanate campaigns, monkeypox campaign, prick pause play about monkeypox. And I have to say, I mean, this is sort of how we kind of found out about you in the podcast was that you were models in this campaign. And even though it's sort of a tacit nod to buy visibility in a sexual health campaign, um, is that a first for you or is that something you've done before? I'm trying to think back. I think that's the first, like, it's definitely the first, like, sexual health ad campaign we yeah, did. Yeah, it was our first monkey box yeah. campaign. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think it was, it was the, if you've been another <laughs> one, we're going to have to explore your time in Central and West Africa prior to being in Australia. <laughs> uh, we, did the, we did the thing a few years back with Akon about mm -hmm. se uh, sexual relationship visibility kind of thing. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that was our first sexual health yep. campaign, which we both thought was immensely important and uh, – fact that they included a bisexual couple in it was just epic. And that's the thing, I guess, when we think about monkeypox or, or mpox now, or as we talk about other sexual health, you know, um, concerns and challenges and STIs and whatnot, that's, you're, you know, you're part of a sexual, like oftentimes we do look at like men who have sex with men, but there are men who have sex with men who also have sex with women. And I think it's really challenging I don't think we see a lot of that campaign visibility and that's partially because of like, I think you, you were talking once before about the snapshot of when you just look at a guy with a girl, you assume heterosexual cisgender couple and that's sort of, we kind of visually move on. You know, are we seeing people tackle that in visual ways that are really good solutions? Because yeah, if you don't have a conversation married with that image, it's really hard to disabuse that people of that assumption. Yeah, and a lot of the the wording around things like that, a lot of sexual health verbiage is about men who have sex with men. And it's not ever mentioned about the women who have sex with men who have sex with men and, you know, other partners of theirs. And it, and, and we, you know, our circle gets bigger and bigger and it expands out. And then everybody that, you know, the whole adage of like everybody that you've had sex with, I've had sex with and all of that. Um, but I think that often gets missed and it's just everything targets men who have sex with men. Mm. And, I would say that this is the first time, this ad campaign is the first time that I've really seen anyone trying to flip that a bit and to try to include women who have sex with men who have sex with men and, and anyone else in that. I don't think I've really seen that in many other or any other sexual health ad campaigns. Yeah, I don't think I have either. And that's why it was so important for us to, to be a part of it was because this was one of those rare times that the government was saying, we will give the men who have sex with men the vaccine but we will also give it to the women who have sex with men who have sex with men that it was such a first and it was really exciting to sort of be part of that, to, to get that, that information out there to folks. And do you think that's something unique to that epidemic that we saw with Mbox, or do you think that it's just the times are changing and how we think about sex and, and sexual networks? 
Do I hope that it's the second? <laughs> yes, I hope it's the second. But remember, I'm an optimist. Uh, look, maybe maybe it is changing. Like, again, so when back to the statistics and numbers that we kind of talked about before, the bisexual community is the large is the largest community. Like, we don't. A lot of people don't talk about that. A lot of people don't realize that because all we see are straight people and gay people. Yeah. But there are straight people like who enjoyed having sex with somebody of the same gender at some point in their life. They enjoyed that sex. It was good. And there are gay people who have had sex with, with people of the opposite gender. And they've done it once, but they really enjoyed it. By definition, that makes you bisexual. You have had sex with somebody of the same gender and had sex with somebody of the opposite gender. So that makes you bisexual. That's exciting. Yeah, and I would hope that it was the second, but I also suspect it was very much, uh, you know, the folks behind this particular ad campaign with Emanate and Akon. And I think that they were trying to be more inclusive and to bring in more of the community. And maybe that'll start a trend. Maybe that will make it easier in the future. I, yeah. I hope so. I really do. I agree. The other thing I, think I, I wanted to ask as well is, do you think that that, like, uh, do you think that resonated with the BiPlus community? Do you think they caught it or was it too subtle? I will say that within at least our local community, they caught it because okay. we had so many messages afterwards and we had so many of our friends who went and got vaccinated that didn't know they could be included in that group. So once they saw it, they're like, oh, hey, I can be included too. So I will say at least within our local community, people got it. I, I can't really speak for beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that and that's and that's the thing is, is that we kind of worried about, does it need to be like super belabored? Did you both need to be wearing, you know, pins, big honking pins that have the buy plus flag on it or, you know, you know, say have graphic tees that say buy is beautiful or something like that. Does it need to be so belabored or can it be more subtle and resonate with those audience? And so it's great to see that there's that exploration um, with that campaign and hopefully we see it more in the future. Um, yeah. One of the things I also wanted to ask about is, you know, we talked about by invisibility or by visibility in this instance here, but for folks that aren't sure, can you explain the d nuance between by erasure and by visibility or by invisibility? So I think that ultimately they're very similar and a lot of people will use them interchangeably. Uh, if we're getting down into a nuance of it, it comes down to your own personal interpretation. And for me, I see bi erasure as more when people say that bisexuality doesn't exist. So you're gay, you're straight, you haven't figured it out yet, you're on a journey. Um, interestingly, when I type bi erasure into my phone, it, it, autocorrect it to no erasure so it kind of erases it there um <laughs> but i also see by invisibility as more of questioning the legitimacy of bisexuality so a bit of bisexuality is expected in women but in men it's questioned and like bradford mentioned earlier how we appear to be a heterosexual couple because you know, we're opposite gendered in a relationship with one another. And two women may appear to be a lesbian couple. And that's where I see by invisibility coming in. It's very nuanced. And ultimately, a lot of people do use them interchangeably. I think they can be used interchangeably. But I still see it a, a bit as by erasure is more, it doesn't exist. And then by invisibility as we're questioning the legitimacy of it. And I would add to that, that for me, by invisibility is the fact that you don't see a lot of bisexual people in media uh, in, in society in general. So, but many of our movies, our televisions and magazines, whatever, you don't see a lot of bisexual people represented. Yeah. And, and no matter which term you use, whether it's by erasure or by invisibility, you're invalidating someone in their experience. Around that invalidation, I suppose, like 
what advice do you have for allies, whether they are gay, queer, straight, whatever else, um, to help address that that bioerasure, that bio invisibility? What I mean, if, if you want to use maybe some examples of some of your biggest pet peeves i imagine the the questioning is like oh you'll grow up out of it which i feel like in this situation maybe might not be quite so applicable but um what advice do you have for people that um to try and help address that so if somebody comes out to you if you're an ally and somebody comes out to you and says hey i'm bisexual the first thing the first thing that i would say is go okay great don't ask questions. Don't like things. One of my pet peeves, which has happened more than once is coming out to, especially men who are, you know, straight. And I come out and say, hey, I'm bisexual. One of the first jokes I get is, well, you don't want to sleep with me, do you? Like that's yeah. disgusting. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so don't do that. <laughs> but <laughs> ultimately like just listen, like, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? It's so that we listen twice as often as we speak. So when somebody's telling you something, especially as important to them as their sexuality, take the time, listen to them, and don't say anything that invalidates them or their experience, be that a question or a statement. It's none of your business who they have sex with. They're telling you this so that you know that that's a gift, right? So somebody coming out to you, whether they're gay or or, or bi, that's a gift. And so treat it that way. Treat it with reverence. And I would also add to that that as an ally, it's really important to create safe spaces for people and to create a space that they know that they can trust you and that they can come to you and that it's, you know, they can be their authentic self around you. And so to make yourself visible enough as an ally that then others see you and in your space that you create as a safe space. Do you think people should gauge if someone comes out to them as bi, you know, with a lot of folks that are coming out as gay or, um, or, or as transgender or whatnot, uh, you know, I feel like as the stigma is, re- there's kind of varying forms of stigma and discrimination that are still faced by each of these communities. Should someone ask, if it, let, let's say, you know, you come out to me as bi, should I ask you if like to what level of visibility you want, like whether or not that's something you want me, you know, I guess if someone asks or something like that, like disclosure, like should they know around where the limits are around that, um, around, you know, if you're saying that you're bi plus, but you're presenting with your kind of opposite gender partner, you know, is that something where if someone says, oh, they're a straight couple, you know, am I in a position to disabuse them of that notion? Or is that something that I should leave to you to do? Ultimately, I would generally defer to the person to yep. to take care of that themselves. Yep. Uh, if it is, so say in a workplace or something like that, it might be, you know, okay, but again, how visible do you want to be? Yeah. But I would generally say as much as possible, keep information to yourself until you're told otherwise. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, it's, it's similar to coming out in any other, anything else, right? So you treat the person with respect and you treat their statement with respect and you don't share it unless they ask you to share it and you can feel free to talk about them what does it mean to you to be an out for me to be an ally how can i help you how can i support you that's those are great questions but don't then you know immediately come into work the next day in an ally shirt uh, and point to you know your your i'm with them (laughs) yeah i'm with them But some people may be more introverted and may be more quiet and they might need someone to help kind of, you know, stick up for them a little bit. But again, it's about having that conversation with them and finding out what it is that they want from you. Maybe it's just an ear. Maybe it is just space. 
or maybe they want something a little more. And just one last thing to add to that is that sometimes allyship means calling somebody out when they're making a joke about something, right? So if somebody starts making a bisexual joke, a gay joke, a trans joke, you call the person out and say, you know, why is that funny? Tell explain that to me or just don't let don't let that happen. Yep. But that's what support looks like. Coming back to by the by, if folks want to hear the podcast, how do they how do they do it? Well, <laughs> we're available wherever podcasts are sold. No, uh, so wherever they that you can find podcasts, we're everywhere on Spotify, iTunes, etc. Uh, we have a community on of Discord people. Now you do have to support us at any level on Patreon in order to do that. <laughs> but it it is our a, a little community that we've created. It's a little wonderful bisexual safe aquarium. It's nice. But yes, and aquarium. all of our socials. We're, we're everywhere at By the Bow Podcast. I love the, the use of aqu- aquarium there. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> well, it, yeah, aquariums are safe. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, Bradford and Angela, uh, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us on Well, Well, Well. Thank, Thank you, for you for having us. us. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. That is it for the show this week. Unfortunately, uh, we could have gone for so much longer with Bradford and Angela um, from By the By. That interview yeah. honestly could have gone for like, hours well that's what you get when you get two podcasters on (laughs) (laughs) with hundreds of episodes shockingly Uh, if you're listening on uh, Joy or on the community radio network you can listen to the full interview uh, which goes for a little bit longer we end up going into a little bit more detail with um, some of their uh, experiences at joy.org.au slash well as well as all of our previous episodes Cal if people want to suggest topics to discuss or have questions for us, where can they shoot those? Well, they can shoot us in an email uh, via wellwellwell at joy.org.au. And yeah, let us know if there's an issue that we're not covering or that you want to hear more about Mm. um, or you just want to give us feedback on the show. Mm. um, Please let us know and reach out to us accordingly. That is it for this week, though. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 supported by Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For more LGBTIQ plus health and wellbeing and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.